Live from WNUR News, I'm Iris Swarthout. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1 Evanston, Chicago. It's Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Tonight on WNUR News, Brew Coffee Lab opened yesterday. The new coffee shop replaces Brew Bike after its closure in August. Harry Styles comes to Chicago, bringing Northwestern students to United Center. An update on Fat Bear Week, which culminated in the crowning of the fattest bear at 747 pounds Tuesday in Alaska. And a sports update following an explosive week for the Wildcats. Those stories and more now on WNUR News. Yesterday, Wildcats welcomed Brew Coffee Labs at Main Library. Brew Coffee Labs replaced Brew Bike, which announced its closure last August. Micah Sandy tells all about this new move up next. What you hear may sound like your average coffee shop, but it's a brand new Brew Coffee Lab at Cafe Bergson, which opened yesterday at Main Library. Located on the second floor, many students could be seen lining up looking to try new menu items and try out the new ambience following a day full of rain. Brew Coffee Lab at Cafe Bergson operates where Brew Bike once stood. Brew Bike was Main Library's previous coffee shop, which announced its closure in August of this year due to conditions caused by the pandemic. Students are welcomed by a chalkboard with a list of signature lattes, which include the Maurice, the Annie, the Mitski, and the Vienne Rose. The menu also offers cruffles, and a large variety of frozen bubble tea flavors, which Brew Bike did not previously offer. You could also get your usual coffee or tea. While waiting online, I spoke with Olivia, a junior who was buying a couple for a sick roommate. While not particularly affected by the closure of Brew Bike, Olivia was eager to check out Brew Coffee Lab. I knew they'd put something else here. It wasn't that like, much of an important part of my life, I don't think. Um, I really just like studying here, to be honest. Like, that's really the main thing for me. Um, but I'm here today because, like, first of all, I kind of want to check it out because they've been like, we're going to open. They don't open. Like, we're going to open, you know. So I feel like there's been a lot of anticipation of, like, you know, new menu. New oh, yeah. While still at Brew Coffee Lab, I also spoke with Akash, a sophomore who had just gotten a cruffle and a drink. Honestly, the food's pretty good. Um, I like having a place here in at Maine where you can get like a break when you're studying. And Brew Bike was good, um, but this the menu here is a lot more extensive. So that means that you can also get some food and also get boba and coffee, which is, I think, quite a good change. Haley, a freshman, spoke about availability, even when crowds increased. The wait was a little bit long, but I also feel like they were adjusting, which was understandable. And all of the employees were really nice and were really, like, assuring when what a drink that I wanted wasn't available anymore. So then they were like, okay, no worries, like, take your time, like, figuring out what you want. And also, like, the general, like, study vibe there is really nice because of, like, the windows and the lighting. Despite not being there for when Brew Bike was open, Amy, a freshman, is excited to see how Brew Coffee Lab will evolve into a more popular meetup spot, especially due to its convenient location. My understanding is that the cafe before was super popular, and so I'm also excited for it to become another meeting spot on campus to find friends, 
finally, um, kind of cheesy, but I am excited to be able to just grab a grind and go back to the grind with the new library. That is the sound of me trying to defrost my frozen bubble tea. Before this, I only tried bubble tea once, and I wasn't particularly a fan. Because Brewbike didn't offer bubble tea, I decided to give one a shot today. I went with an order of coconut with tapioca pearls, and while I honestly do not know if that is a good order or not, or what the difference is between jelly or tapioca, I had to say that it was really good, and it changed my opinion on bubble tea. I even found myself getting brain freeze because I just wanted to drink all of it. It was really good. That's all for our story on Brew Coffee Lab. I'm Micah Sandy, WNER News. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.15 p.m. Central Time. I'm Iris Swarthout. Harry Styles is bringing some love to Chicago with his six-show Residency of Love on tour this week. Some Northwestern students are fans and prepared for a night of fun songs, colorful outfits, and positive vibes. Erica Schmidt has the story. The cheering fans, the funky fits, the rhythmic music. Harry Styles is heading to Chicago for Love on Tour this week, mainly playing tracks from his newest album, Harry's House. With the Chicago residency including six scheduled shows at the United Center, Harry was supposed to open last Thursday, October 6th for his fans. Sophomore Rayana Hassan, a fan since One Direction, was able to get pit tickets for the Saturday show on the 8th with some of her friends. She said that while she was worried that her show was going to be postponed too, she was excited to attend his first concert. I hope something like really, really good happens as a result of it being the first show. Because I know a lot of people like when they, when they look at these residency tours, they get really excited for like the last show. But the first show also has significance, so I'm excited about that. One of the things that makes Chicago's show different from the other residencies is a late-night talking phone booth named after the song on Harry's house, set up throughout the venue. Six phone booths are set up so fans can say a message to Harry, which will then be given to him on vinyl. We've been doing all this late-night talking. I think it's like a really cute idea, and... I would do it if the like line isn't crazy for it, kind of depending on that. Do I expect my voice to make it to Harry? No, because there's going to be thousands of people, but the what-if chance is kind of cool. That was sophomore Brooklyn Moore, who was going to two shows, one with her sister from back home and one with a friend from Northwestern. Another large part of the shows is the clothing. Many fans dress up for his concerts to match the lively energy of the show. Moore said she was stressed picking her outfit, but was able to find something fun. I feel like everyone always looks so cute, but my outfit as of now is these black leather pants, and then I have this like rainbow sweater vest moment happening. And yeah, I think like bright and colorful is kind of the vibe for most people. Hassan said she thinks dressing up is a part of the fun. I think it's really, really cool that he can kind of cultivate like this kind of culture that comes with his concerts. I feel like very few people do that, and it kind of shows like when people reach a level of stardom. But Hassan has one issue. My only caveat is all these outfits are not things that 
I feel like people would wear like out. Like I know I'm not gonna wear this outfit ever again. So like I am spending money on something I'm only gonna wear once and I don't know how I feel about that. For freshman Evelyn Adia, her show was Sunday, October 9th. She said getting tickets was one of the most stressful parts of going, given how high demand the show was. It was actually my roommate got selected for pre-sale. So she was able to get them. It was the end of May. It's funny because it was right after we had met each other and she was on a plane trying to buy them and getting Wi-Fi and like refreshing and all this stuff. And it was very stressful, but she ended up getting four of them. More set to go if you can. People are really fun and awesome. You make a lot of friends, just kind of other people who are obsessed with this random guy like you and yeah so I think that it's a really fun experience and if you can go which I know is also kind of controversial that is quite hard to get tickets but if you can then I would go. Students going to Harry will be living in a daydream as the residency wraps up on October 15th. From WNUR News, I'm Erica Schmidt. This week saw the conclusion of the annual Fat Bear Week, a competition dedicated to crowning one bear the fattest of the fat in one of Alaska's remote national parks. Reporter Jonah Turner has the story up next. Katmai National Park, located in the far southwest corner of Alaska, is much like any other Alaskan national park. Full of glaciers, mountains, and bitterly cold, it appears an inhospitable land of beauty, accessible to the few that trek out in the summer months. Like the rest of the state, it is home to a large bear population. According to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, the state has 98% of the U.S. bear population. Unlike the rest of the state, however, Katmai's bears are viral sensations, part of the incredibly popular Fat Bear Week. Fat Bear Week is a celebration of the effort the brown bears of Katmai have put into preparation for hibernation. It consists of a bracket of eight bears, each competing to be voted the fattest. Each day a pair of bears face off, each identified by a number or name, with the winner advancing to the next round. Fat Bear Week is enjoyed for a number of reasons. Some people, like my former high school biology teacher Mr. Sharp, who provided me a statement on his views, loves it for the celebration of the unique aspects of nature, which encourages people to engage with nature and understand the importance of conservation. Others, like my roommate Josh, are completely confused and have never heard of it. To be completely honest, I've never heard of Fat Bear Week until, until I guess, like the past two days when... But many like him enjoy the fun nature of the event and the unique names given to some of the bears. But all I know is that I went to this website where I can meet the bears and there's this one bear that I, I don't I mean, they all kind of look the same, but his name is Chunk and it just kind of it's very cute. It's like chunky cookie, like a chunk, chunky chocolate chip cookie. I don't know. Like something about the word chunk is just very like, hmm, that's kind of cute. So I'm going to have to pick for pick that bear. While the annual event is a wholesome celebration of nature, drama marred this year's event as someone attempted to stuff the ballot box in the Battle of Holly and 747. The ballot stuffer was caught early on and had no effect on the eventual outcome. No matter who you supported in this year's Fat Bear Week, Bear 747, weighing in at a massive 1,400 pounds, was a worthy victor. From WNUR News, I'm Jonah Turner. The Wildcats had an explosive weekend in sports. Ups, downs, and everything in between. 
Laura Weissman has the details with this week's sports report. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for your and new sports report. A look at what the cats are doing this week. First up, the main event on everyone's minds each Saturday. This past weekend was homecoming, and the Evanston campus welcomed alumni and their families to Ryan Field to cheer on their beloved cats and engage in fun activities all weekend. The Wildcats took on the Wisconsin Badgers this past weekend in their third conference matchup of the season hoping to trump a four-loss streak, but unfortunately had no success. Wisconsin wide receiver Chimere Dyke was the leading scorer for the game, clutching three of the Badgers' five touchdowns of the matchup. NU quarterback Brendan Sullivan made his collegiate debut and picked up 33 rushing yards, followed by sophomore running back Anthony Tyus III, who also secured the sole Cats touchdown early in the fourth quarter. Northwestern fell 42-7, adding another devastating loss to their 1-5 record. After a bye this coming week, they will travel to Maryland on October 22nd to take on the Terrapins at 2.30 p.m. Central on Big Ten Network. The women's soccer team continued their historic winning streak, securing their 12th win overall and 5th conference victory over the Badgers this past weekend. Meg Boad drew blood in the 6th minute with a goal, making the match the 9th straight with a first-half goal. The Cats continued the scoring with a goal from Aria Del Carmen, assisted by Jody Alessino, midway through the second half. Badger Riley Howard put one on the board towards the end, but the Wildcats held them off for a 2-1 victory, drawing their record to 11-1-2 on the season. The Cats take on Michigan tomorrow at 5 p.m. Central on Big Ten Plus. The men's team held their own this Sunday at Martin Stadium after a tough season with a draw against number 8 Maryland. NU's own Christopher Thaggard was the first to put one in the net with his first goal of the season, assisted by Paul Son and Bardia Kimiavi. The Terrapins tied it on a goal from Stefan Copetti, ending the game with a 1-1 tie, and turning the Cats' record to a 1-6-4 overall. The men will take on Northern Illinois away tonight at 7 p.m. Central on NIU All Access. The volleyball team recorded a sweeping three-set win over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights Friday at Welsh Ryan Arena. Temitanas Ilara and Leilani Dodson had a combined 26 kills, while defensive Rockets Ellie Stinson and Megan Miller had a combined 33 digs. Taylor Humphrey led the Scarlet Knights with eight kills, but it was not enough to hold off the Cats, who increased their winning season to a 13-4 overall record. The women will take on the Maryland Terrapins this Friday at 7 p.m. Central at Welsh Ryan Arena. Finally, the field hockey team had a rough weekend as the number three Cats fell to the number 23 Rutgers Scarlet Knights in a devastating defeat. Scarlet Knights Indy Van Eck and Iris Langagens scored early in the first half, but the Cats came out fired up in the second half with an early penalty stroke goal from Peyton Halsey. Unfortunately, the Wildcats would not pull out the victory and lost 2-1, moving them to 10-3 on the season. The defending champs are not done yet, however. They continue conference play this Friday in East Lansing at 2 p.m. Central to take on Michigan State on Big Ten+. That wraps up this week's NU Sports Report. For more information about upcoming games, as well as how you can watch the Wildcats live, visit www.nusports.com. I'm Lara Weissman, WNUR News. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.24 p.m. Central Time. I'm Iris Swarthout. Taking a look at the weather, Evanston will drop to the mid-40s overnight signaling a close to a week full of warm temperatures and rain. 
Heading into the weekend, humidity will hover around 50%, accompanied by partly cloudy skies. Pack a jacket for your morning commute. Daily lows will drop to the mid-30s over the weekend. In the headlines today, locally, a proposed 2023 budget released by the City of Evanston Tuesday. Its goals range from expanding affordable housing options to furthering the city's climate action and resilience plan, a 2018 legislative measure that aims for carbon neutrality in Evanston by 2050, among others. In Chicago, COVID booster rates hover below 10%. Chicago Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwoody said Tuesday the clock is ticking on vaccinations as seasons change and respiratory viruses typically surge in the fall and winter. The Chicago Department of Public Health said uptake on vaccines has been quite, quote, slow and uneven across different demographic groups, unquote. The U.S. Energy Information Administration, or EIA, announced Wednesday that the cost of heat will soar this winter. The EIA estimates a rise in natural gas heating costs of 28% over the next few months. This growth is based off current estimates for fuel prices. In an August article, CNN says U.S. natural gas production is low, which in turn causes this rise in prices. Speaking of energy, French oil workers voted to continue their strike Wednesday. The strike is three weeks deep today and has left nearly a third of French petrol stations without or running short on motor fuel. Oil workers are seeking a 10% raise to cover inflation and, in their words, wealth sharing. French President Emmanuel Macron called for the strikes to end Friday while asking companies to, quote, legitimate salary demands, unquote. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our brand new website, WNUR.News. Again, that's WNUR.News. Our, pot, our producer today is Justine Fisher, and our reporters are Micah Sandy, Jonah Turner, Erica Schmidt, and Laura Weissman. For all of us here at WNUR News, I'm Iris Forthout. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next time on Friday, October 14th at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.